1: And the best part, you can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's TV slash poppods to get 50% off your first month.
2: Hi, this is Ronnie Romero from Soundstorm, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
1: Hey, I'm Sevi, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Stay metal.
0: All right, guys, before we get into the episode, we want to say thank you Dash Vodka Handmade Vodka One of our favorite drinks I mean, somebody said on Facebook When you drink this stuff You don't get much of a hangover Well, I mean, any alcohol is going to give you a hangover But it's less with Dash I I don't know why, but something about it I'm guessing it has something to do with How high-end it is Distilled seven times From an age-old Distilling tradition Using the finest quality wheat Dash Vodka traces its pure essence to sun-roasted Thompson raisins. And let me tell you, it is distilled seven times, as I mentioned, finished with purified mineral water, polished by coconut shells, and micro-oxygenated to ensure its impeccable taste and unparalleled softness. Let me tell you, Dash Vodka is where it's at, guys. Check it out, dashvodka.com. I love this stuff. And I also love the people who support us on Patreon. These are the guys that keep this show going. And it is all guys. I, I would love to get a, a girl in there. But apparently we have no girl listeners. And if we do, they can't spare two bucks a month. Listen, I get it. I get it. So let's give a shout out right now to everyone who is supporting what I do on Patreon We're going to start with the upper tier, and let me tell you, we got a new upper tier guy, and he is the, uh, he's taking the cake here, man. Hank Reeves, thank you, dude. You rock. You are our number one supporter, so, and I mean that financially, so thank you. Andrew Miller, thank you. Brad Dahl from Yarg Metal. Chris Riley, Dan Growan, Denny Striegel, that's my dad, Jerry from Salt Lake City, Matt Carroll, Mike Jones, Steve Hoker, Steven Saylor. You guys are the upper tier of Patreon. I could really use support. Guys, please consider joining us on Patreon. When we do get to 100 patrons, I will be producing a video show for you guys. And uh, yeah, it'll, you know, The patrons will get the exclusive on it, but then it'll go live to the general public after that. So we got a ways to go. Maybe we should get to 50 first. Maybe I should do a little something for 50. I'm not sure what that would be, but we're approaching 50, and I'm hopeful that we can get there soon. It's only $2 a month. That's the minimum you can pledge on Patreon, and that gets you a bonus podcast every single week. And I will tell you, some people like that bonus podcast the best out of all the podcasts I do. Uh, I'm not making that up. And a shout out to everyone else on Patreon. David Gray, Drake, Fred Rutz, Glenn Watson, Huckney, Jacobson, James Bennett, Jason Seth, Gene Eugene DX, Jeremy Weltman, Joe Ryan, Joe Von Cherry, Johan Erdstrom, my buddy John Simpson down there in Florida who just had a new... Baby, Congratulations John Simpson Mario Charance Metal Dan Michael Street Patrick Saban Sam Soupy Sean Richmond Steve Rodriguez Tommy Anderson Victor Guzman Anthony Mackey, Blue Walsh 21 Ed Ferguson Jerry from Long Island Gregory Muse Jean-Francois Blas John Barron John Boivari Kenny McCrimmon, Leo Shaben, aka Leo from Alaska, and the one, the only, the real deal, Ron Kiel. All right, man, that's it. Let's get into this episode. All right, again, thank you to all the patrons and to Dash Vodka for kind of sponsoring us here. Dash Vodka is where it's at. We will link the Dash Vodka website through the Talking Metal show notes for each episode. How about that? Let's do it. All right, so we have some great guests. Two of these guests uh, were featured already on the Talking with Mark Striegel podcast. That would be Savey and Paul Stanley. Yeah, that Paul Stanley. But being that this... RSS feed reaches so many more people. I wanted to replay those interviews today. So, three interviews, <laughs> it's a lot, but we're going to we're going to keep it tight here. I'm going to keep the talking to a minimum and we have a brand new interview, which we'll start out with that. How about that? We'll start out with the brand new interview. Then I'll come back and talk. I want to actually talk about blabbermouth.net, one of my favorite websites, but first, let's hear from Ronnie Romero This guy, man, this guy is the guy everyone wants to play with, whether it's Richie Blackmore, Michael Shanker, Adrian Vandenberg. I mean, he's playing with so many people and putting out so much great music. I cannot believe it. He's here today to talk about Sunstorm, a band that we we knew with uh, JoLynn Turner doing vocals previously, but now Ronnie is the perfect one to step in and continue the great music that sunstorm has been giving us and ronnie's got other stuff going on too just a ton of stuff so we're going to talk right now to ronnie romero and then we're going to come back and talk here we go hey it's mark striegel of talking metal and we are talking today with ronnie romero how are you ronnie
2: Hey, Mark, how are you?
0: I am doing well, and I'm really excited because I've been listening a lot to the new Sunstorm record, Afterlife. This is really great stuff. I mean, it is new yet reminiscent of the past, which is something I enjoy because it still has a fresh new sound with all these great new songs. But it brings me back to, you know, the melodic rock and hard rock of back in the day when I was younger. Can you talk a little bit about your involvement with this band? I guess I call it a band, or do you call it a project?
2: Thank you. Yeah, um, I, I, can, I can call it a band, actually, because uh, our plan is, is uh, to go on tour when, I mean, when, when it's possible. You know? Right, <laughs> <Not really>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, we, we really have the intention to, to, go, uh, to go live. Uh, I think it, it would be great because it's great music to play live.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a project or band, I guess I should say, that we've been familiar with. But this is your first record with the band. How much of Sunstorm's history did you take into account when stepping into this project? Is it something that you were consciously aware of or, or not really?
2: Actually, i always been a fan of uh, Sunstorm. It's one of my favorite Frontiers projects, you know.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, from yeah. the beginning. Uh,
2: and and it's because I'm a huge fan of Joel Turner, you Turner. Know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, yeah, I was obviously aware. Actually, it's funny because when I got the call from from um, Frontiers to get involved on this, actually, there was a there was a period when we were with my fiance, we were listening a lot. The uh, the uh, one of the records of Sandstorm, you know, uh, <laughs> and it's funny because one day she told me you know it would be great to if you can sing these kind of things and then suddenly i got a call from from Serafina from Frontiers to to get involved so uh, so yeah it was it was super exciting for me um i'm a huge fan and and i got this actually you know singers we always try to to prove ourselves and to prove the people that we can do something different you know than the uh, normally do uh, you know, the people know me mostly because of the rainbow or because I'm a heavy metal singer with my band Lords of Black. Um, uh, so I was trying to prove myself that I can do something out of my comfort zone, you know, like not just heavy metal, but something more melodic. And and it's because I am a huge fan of the melodic music. I grew up with my father, Rest in Peace, uh, listening uh all those classic rock bands from America like Boston, you know, Kansas, the kind of things with a lot of vocal productions and and back in back in and all that kind of things. Uh and then suddenly I have the um the chance to 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 work in in a in a project like this. So super happy.
0: And again, some really great songs on this record. Were you involved with the songwriting? How did how did it work? Did they send you tracks to write to or sing to? What was the pre-production songwriting like for the record?
2: Uh, well, Alessandro, he wrote all the uh, music and the analytics, uh, but anyway, when it, when I work in a kind of a project like this, uh, mostly nowadays, because uh, you don't have time to, you know, to actually meet all together in the studio uh, to work on the lyrics or in the vocal lines or, you know, because of the COVID restrictions and everything, uh, you need to work on distance. And, and I really... I really want to get involved all the time in all these kind of things. So mostly what I do is uh, to get the lyrics and the vocal lines and the songs and 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 add my own input and my own performances on the songs, even to change little things. Because, you know, when you're singing the properly the songs to record, uh, some words doesn't work because of your accent or because of your performance. It's a little bit different from the demo. And you need to change some words or some vocal lines a little bit. Uh, and actually, all the, uh, all the backing vocals are... I was working on the studio on this. So, you know, it's, I, I, put, I put myself um, more into the vocal production for this uh, than in the, uh, in the songwriting. I didn't want to touch the songwriting because I, it was perfect from the beginning. Alessandro is a very talented guy. And the songs flowed a, a lot from the beginning on the studio. So so to me, it was just to put on the vocal uh, uh, production side.
0: Right on, and we are talking with Ronnie Romero about the new record, Afterlife by Sunstorm, out now on Frontiers. But Ronnie, you have so much other stuff going on. I mean, it's seriously, it's hard to keep track of everything you have going on in your life with with the music. I did want to take some time to talk about some of that other stuff. Let's talk about Lords of Black. Any update you could give us on on that band?
2: Yeah, we just uh, we just finished to record the uh, the uh, the next album, uh, the second part of Alchemy of Soul, which was oh. released uh, last November. Uh, there was released the Ar- Alchemy of Soul's part one, and we just record the second part. Um, it's great, you know. It's it's totally different from the from the previous record. Uh, there are more different elements, uh, on the, on the songs. Uh, so I think the people going to love it and then just waiting for, to have the chance to, 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 you know, to make a proper support tour for, for the releases.
0: Awesome. And have you have any idea like when concerts might return? I mean, you're a guy who is heavily involved in the music business. Do you foresee them returning later this year?
2: Hopefully, you know it's really hard to say because every day is, the rules are changing. You know, uh, one day they, the people say the the governments they said uh, yeah everything is going to be okay in a month you can play for five hundred people, uh, and then the day after they say no now it's not possible. You know, uh, so every, every every day is changing. Uh, by now I have a tour schedule with uh, with uh, Michael Schenker, uh in this year fall. Um, nothing is postpone or cancelled so far. And I think that's a good, that's a good um, uh, sign. So let's see, hopefully we can, we can go out and play some music for the people. I think the people need to, to go to the, more than the musicians, the people need to like music.
0: Oh, you, you don't even know, man. I mean, I miss my concerts so much. I mean, that's what my wife and I do. We go to concerts, you know, and, and to get you over here in the States, in the New York and New Jersey area, playing with really, we'll take any of your your bands or projects. We'd love to get some live rock back here. You mentioned Michael Shanker. Can you talk a little bit about the work you've done with him? And, and again, what's coming up with him?
2: That was great, you know, uh, everything was uh, by coincidence, because um, I, I know the uh, Michael's producer, Michael Voss, uh, we are good friends, and then one day he calls me just to sing a song on the previous record, uh, and then they were so happy with my work, and then they invite me to the uh, supposed tour <laughs> they should make last year. Um, and then it's, everything happens with the lockdown, and then uh, you know, we were rehearsing in, in London before the lockdown and, and we got really good chemistry with Michael uh, on the on the studio, you know um, And then suddenly he calls me and say listen, um, I really I, I really loved to work with you on the rehearsals And so I was thinking to to make something bigger together not just one song and in, they invite me to the uh, to the album um, and it was great, you know, it was a great experience. I actually got the, even the chance to write a song on the on the album or a lyric for one of the songs. Uh and that's great. I mean the, I don't think there is too much people can say that I wrote I work with Black, uh, Richie Blackmore, I work with Michael Schenker. I wrote a song with Michael Schenker, you know? That kind of Wow, thing.
0: yeah, no, that's amazing. <laughs> Congratulations, yeah. man. So, great stuff.
2: So yeah, yeah. And we are just um we're just waiting for, you know, for the tour uh at the end of this year. Hopefully Um, I was talking with the manager the other day and then they say that everything is going to happen so far. So finger crossed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I hope so. Now just to, to clarify um, if you, if this tour with Michael is to happen, some of the previous tours we've seen Michael on, he has a lot of different singers joining him on stage. This would just be you as the, the only singer fronting MSG.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be the only singer. That's a huge task because...
0: Yes. Yeah. And his set lists go on sometimes for well (laughs) over two hours. So, yeah,
2: yeah, Yeah. there's a lot of songs. Um, But I think it's going to be great because, you know, at at the end, I think the people, they want to see Michael again with, with a proper just, you know, a band uh, vibe playing on, on a stage. Uh, and, and to me, it's going to be an honor to seeing all those songs, all those classics from Scorpions, UFO, and then all those great singers that are good friends of mine. like, uh, like, uh, Robin McCauley and Louis White and, uh, all those guys, you know, um, it's going to be great. It's going to be tired <laughs> for me. Uh, so I need to get my ginger tea for the tour. Um, uh, but it's going right. to be great. <laughs>
0: I can't wait. Can't wait to see that in New York City or New Jersey. I will be there. Hopefully say hello to you at that show. Yes. So Rainbow, you have fronted concerts for them. And since 2016, any news on the Richie Blackmore front? Any plans down the road to do more shows with them? Would you ever do some recording with Richie? Where do things stand with with Blackmore?
2: Um, no, nothing so far, you know, uh, with Richie, it's always like this. It's like, uh, depends on the day, you know, uh, if you step up from the bed with the right fit or with the, (laughs) with the left fit, you know, like, right, right. (laughs) You decide to make something, but there is, there is no, any noise from, from the uh, rainbow camp so far. Uh, we were just planning to make a uh, a tour, uh, before the lockdown and then all the COVID thing happens. Um, so obviously they stopped everything, uh, and now it's focused with the Blackmore's Night thing. Um, uh, so I don't think that anything's going to happen until, until the situation with the COVID, uh, change, uh, in the way that we can go on tour properly on tour. So I think it's nothing going to happen, um, in a couple of years, at least.
0: Right and, on. I mean, and not with me. <laughs> right, right. I see. So, I mean, you're you're pretty busy. It sounds like with with Michael and yeah. and all the other stuff you have going on, uh, Lords of Black. So very cool. Um, Vandenberg, you did a record with them. It would been so long since we've heard from from Vandenberg with new music, and that music finally arrived last year, Vandenberg 2020. Another really great listen. I mean, man, you got, you have so much stuff coming out. Can you talk a little bit about how you got involved with Vandenberg and uh, how the new album came together?
2: Yeah, it was a, it was a great experience. You know, um, uh, we met. We actually like uh, like like uh, he met like uh, by Facebook because uh, it was because the first uh, Rainbow tour I did in 2016, and he was watching one of the shows. And then he wrote me right away after the show, like, man, you did great and you kill it and, and everything. I wish you luck and everything. And then we start to talk because I, I was a huge fan of Adrian uh, uh, from Whitesnake days, you know, like uh, it's one of my favorite guitar players. So we start to talk and then suddenly a couple of years ha- uh, after uh, he, um, he wrote me like, listen, I'm trying to put a, uh, an album together again and. I really want to count on you. Uh, and then we started to work together. Everything was so easy. The, flow, the chemistry flows really easy between us. And uh, So we went to LA, um, to uh, Bob Marlette studio, to record the album. It was really nice. It was a super cool experience. And, and I think we did a great record. Um, the people loved it. And, and it's great music. Um, so, um, so yeah, it was great. You know, it's, it's, it's a great guy. Um um and and I think the people the people really enjoyed the uh, the album.
0: Yeah, I mean it was so great to get new music from him after after so long and yeah. your voice was a big part of that record and yeah, definitely worth a listen. Guys, definitely check that out. Vandenberg 2020. We're talking with Ronnie Romero who has a new record out with Sunstorm called Afterlife, another highly recommended listen. Ronnie, you posted on I don't know if it was Instagram or Facebook a while ago, a, a kind of a rant that you had some frustrations with the music business, yeah. but you didn't really point to exactly what they, what they were. Are you in a better mind frame now about things? Or are you still having some maybe behind the scenes frustrations?
2: Uh, Not frustrations, but I think at that point when I did this uh, on the social, I really wanted to do it. I really needed to do it, you know, because, uh, you know, if you if you look over my career, it it is a short career, but everything it was so intense so far, you know, Uh, I was playing with Richie Blackmore. I was playing with Vandenberg. I was playing with Leo Leone from Gothard, I was playing with uh, Michael Schenker. Uh, I have my own band in a re- with a record deal. I uh, was touring the world for the last five years, only five years. you know I did something like, um, you know, during this lockdown, I had the chance to finally sit in my couch and think that everything I did till now, uh, because I didn't have the chance before um, to realize what I did, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, so
0: you were able to reflect back exactly on it being there was so, downtime. I was yeah.
2: thinking that it, everything happened so fast. Uh, um, normally, singer could get all this in, in a complete career, like 25 or 30 years. And I did it in five, you know. So uh, I got a lot of pressure with during these five years. A lot of pressure and a lot of criticism, obviously, from the a lot of fans. Uh, some criticism I can understand because... Um, I always be compared with all those singers that was, that I was replacing in Rainbow and Michael Schenker and Vandenberg and all those bands, you know. Uh, but then I just realized that there is some people around, not just in the music industry itself, like in the, you know, the record labels and that kind of things, the promoters and the managers, but even the fans, you know, there is a lot of uh, bad, heart people. Uh, they really want to tear you down with no reason, you know. And I think that's it's heartless, you know. For me, it's it's really hard because to handle it because I just want to be happy doing music. I'm happy doing music, but I just want to be happy and to make the more possible people happy with my music. And sometimes uh, it's a little bit frustrating to to realize that there is a lot of people that don't want that they don't want that they just want to hurt you in any way. So at that time we were I was I was having some problems with some musicians. I don't gonna say the names because it was they were private messages uh, they were asking me to to record an album and I was you know talking with them and they they replied very in a very bad way uh, um, very famous musicians uh and then at the same time we were getting trolling with my fiance by the social with some people with fake accounts and that kind of things uh, so there was a kind of a, you know but it was a bad day <laughs> but anyway right, I, I did I, I needed to do it um Now it's the same thing, but you learn to handle it in a way.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's tough too because you have you have the trolls online who can really say anything. You know through a fake account or, yep. or just not looking at somebody in the, in their eyes and talking to them. And even you mentioned associates that you were talking about doing work with. Sometimes I feel like in text messages and, and emails, it's such a different vibe than, than getting in a room with somebody and, and talking it out over a cup of coffee or a beer or something. you know so so I, I hear what you're saying and, and just know that the fans, like myself, we really enjoy what you're doing and, and keep your head up and, and please keep doing it for us.
2: Thank you. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Absolutely, and I did want to end with this. You mentioned your your father yep. uh, briefly earlier in the in the interview. Um, can you talk a little bit about your dad? Because it sounds like, from what I was reading, he he was a big music fan and and somebody who was uh, a big influence on on where you went musically. Is that true?
2: Yeah, yeah. He was a, he Actually, he was a singer in a big band. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he was a crooner, actually, on that band. Um, wow! Okay. Yeah. So, um, what was his name? Um, John. John Romero. Nice. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, it put me on the on the music side. He was supporting me from the early days on the on the on my mus- musical career. You know, when I put my first band together with my schoolmates, we were like 15 years old, and it was and and he was loading the you know all the gear taking us to the concerts and then waiting for us outside till 2 a.m. And then, you know, loading again, load out again the gear, taking us back to the rehearsal room uh, every day. So it was, you know, he was really supportive. And he showed me, and he shows me all the, um, all the great bands that I am a huge fan nowadays, like the Purple Rainbow uh, and all those classic American bands like Boston, Kansas, Journey, that kind of things. Um, yeah, yeah, we enjoyed a lot. Uh, on the musical side, and he supports me a lot, uh, uh, so he was very important to me uh, in my life um, until he died ten years ago. Uh, and the only frustration that I have that he he didn't saw me with Rainbow,
0: you know, <laughs> that would be right. that would be great, but anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry that's tragic that that you <laughs> lost your father and that especially he being a, a fan of, of Blackmore's bands that he didn't get to see up on stage. But hopefully he's looking down and uh, sees you from from the heavens. And, yeah. and wow, that's, uh, you know rest in peace for your father and thank you for your time ronnie it's been a pleasure talking with you and again we do encourage all the fans and listeners out there to check out afterlife by sunstorm a great great listen and not only that but all the other music you have going on with lords of black and and vandenberg and michael shanker and yeah man i will be at the michael shanker show if you guys get to new york later this year i will definitely be there and i cannot wait
2: hopefully thank you mark
0: okay (laughs) Big thanks to Ronnie Romero and to Dustin for hooking that interview up. Dustin, thank you so much. Be sure to check out Afterlife by Sunstorm. It is out now. So we had on a previous episode the Mickey D from Motorhead Fame. And what a great interview. And I got to tell you, with Blabbermouth.net, one of my favorite websites to go to numerous times each day to get my metal news We've been hitting it out of the park Because when they link to one of my interviews It always means I'm going to get more listens And more So I always appreciate it when Blabbermouth does that, which they've done recently. They linked that Mickey D interview. They linked my Tracy Guns interview. The Talking with Mark Striegel interview with Paul Stanley was linked through Blabbermouth. So big thanks to Blabbermouth. And I did want to clarify something that Mickey said in the interview. Again, this is Mickey D, who's currently the drummer of Scorpions and formerly played with Motorhead and King Diamond and Dokken... Um, He said that Blabbermouth had mentioned that he had some disagreements with Lemmy during the making of Overnight Sensation. Um, And I wanted to point out, I didn't realize this until after the fact, somebody pointed it out to me, Mickey had Blabbermouth confused with some other news site or sites because Blabbermouth never reported this. So, in all fairness to Blabbermouth, they absolutely never reported that Lemmy and Mickey were having disagreements during the making of Overnight Sensation. Mickey said during the interview that that's the site that had, I guess, misquoted him or something, but they didn't. So, Blabbermouth never, ever said anything about Lemmy and Mickey D having disagreements towards uh, each other when they were recording Overnight Sensation. It was another site or sites. I have actually no idea what site it may have been, but it was not Blabbermouth, and I just wanted to clarify that. Okay? Having said that, let's jump over and look at a few headlines on blabbermouth.net. Atreyu has dropped a new music video for Warrior, which I'm going to check out, and Travis Barker is doing the drums with him on that. And, man, Travis has been on so much stuff lately, I cannot keep track. And I will say one thing he did at the beginning of the whole COVID thing, that Post Malone guy who was actually on the Grammys last night looking kind of metal. Like, he looked like his leather coat almost looked like something Ozzy would have worn with crosses all over it. But um, Travis did the... Nirvana tribute with Post Malone and I, I thought that was really good I mean I'm not like crazy fan of Post Malone I don't I don't dislike them. I'm kind of indifferent but I really thought that those guys along with whoever else they were playing with pulled off a great Nirvana tribute early on in the quarantine of of uh COVID Iced Earth's John Schaefer has been moved from an Indiana-Marion County jail. I know Marion County because it's actually where my sister-in-law Marcy is from. And she helps us with our live show, which we're going to do this Thursday, I think. So Thursday evening, tune in for the live show, which is kind of directed by my sister-in-law. I think that'll be John and I. I think Dave the Snake Sabo is going to join us. But apparently... John Schaefer of Iced Earth fame Has been moved out of that jail They have not confirmed his location But maybe he is still in Indiana It sounds like he is I wonder if he's going to be moved to D.C. Who knows But man, he's been sitting there for a while <laughs> Right? It took him a number of weeks to get John Schaefer behind bars But he's been in jail a while So, yeah Yeah You know, it's interesting. I was offered an interview with John this summer, and I actually passed on it specifically because, I don't know. I just like to keep this apolitical, this show. All right. Another blabbermouth headline was, um, did Eddie Van Halen get shortchanged at the Grammys? It's a good article. You should probably check that out. And Body Count wins Best Metal Grammy. I tell you I saw Body Count up at Heavy Montreal a couple years ago they were so good only time I think I've seen them live so good and I'm not like crazy Body Count fan like I know like a handful of their songs but live they were just awesome so much fun <clears throat> All right, I wanted to give a shout out to a couple of our patrons. Andrew Miller checked in. I recently did a segment on the Kiss album, Unmasked, and Andrew Miller had this to say. I like Unmasked now, but at the time, I listened to it twice, and then I did not listen to it again until a few weeks ago. So obviously you didn't like it when it came out, huh, Andrew? It was the last Kiss album I bought until Crazy Nights. I turned 15 the year it came out. Alright, so you're a couple years older than me, Andrew. I was more impressionable. I was like ten, nine, ten when Unmasked came out. I felt betrayed by both Dynasty and Unmasked. At the time I discovered Van Halen and ACDC and soon Iron Maiden. Since then, of course, I've discovered Asylum, Creatures of the Night, etc. Um your segment got me thinking about Unmasked. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing. I appreciate it, and I understand that, you know, but I really liked Dynasty and Unmasked, but I, I know, like, Scott Ian, for example, I think he had a, a similar feeling to you, Andrew, about feeling betrayed. Now, Anthony Mackey, who is also a, a supporter on Patreon, is suggesting that we do, like, a book club type of thing with a Zoom on Patreon, but instead of a book club, it is a album club. So... It, it's an album-by-album, song-by-song trip through the discography of, like, Iron Maiden or maybe another band. So I'm thinking this could work, and I think we should maybe give it, at least give it a try, right, Anthony? So I'm not going to wrinkle up your email. I'm going to set it there until I get it done. On a personal note, I am just pulling my hair out. I'm working a, a day gig right now. You know, I'm a freelance TV guy, so... Got to make the real money, but still hustling the podcast on the side here. We're moving. I'm having to downsize quite a bit. So if you listen to the podcast on Patreon, you know that I am getting rid of a lot of my CDs and even some of my vinyl. It's just uh, I'm keeping some, but it's just really trimming down the things I own—it's not just vinyl and and CDs. It's guitars. It's T-shirts. It's and it's liberating. I like getting rid of stuff. I have to admit, I've, especially when I make a little money doing doing it. So that's that. Let's now hear an interview with Savy that I did recently for the Talking with Mark Striegel podcast. But I did uh, promise Savy and Steven Saylor that I would put it on the Talking Metal podcast, and I, I think. It's needed because she's got some great acoustic music out. And here's the thing. This show has a lot more listeners than the Talking with Mark Striegel podcast. So let's listen to my recent interview with Savy. If you already heard it, you can probably just tune out now. I'm going to finish up with Paul Stanley, but if you may have heard that already. So it's quite possible that some people are tuning out now because they've already heard these interviews. If you haven't heard these interviews, please stay tuned. All right, here we go. My interview with Sebi. Hey, it's Mark Striegel, and we are joined once again by Savi. Savi, how are you today?
1: I'm good. Here is the sunshine. It's a perfect day for staying outside and uh, have some fresh air, so I'm doing great.
0: Awesome. And you're in Bulgaria, right?
1: Yes, I'm in Sofia, and uh, I'm enjoying the day, really.
0: Awesome. Great to speak with you again and great to hear this new music you have out. Now, last time you were on, we were talking about real heavy metal music, hard rock music that you were doing with the band of the same name, Savy. But now we have a treat because you have released some acoustic music more... I guess, softer tones, but still to it. I hear some deep emotion and and, uh, heavy themes going on here, but definitely a different style of music. I want to talk about some of the individual songs. We won't be able to hit every single song on the album, but I do want to mention some of them. But can you tell us about this acoustic record and how people can get their hands on it?
1: Yeah, well... I needed to do something different. I approached uh, to this solo album. I call it a solo album, although nobody can be a solo solo <laughs> uh, today. But um, right. yeah, I... To do something different and I was thinking about this in the last three years but I never had the time to finish it because of all the stuff we are doing with the band all the tours and everything and thanks to this COVID thing, there is one good thing about it, uh, I had the time to focus on my um, ideas, more acoustic as you said and I wrote these 11 songs, some of them are older projects, some of them are new and they're really completely different from what I do with the band so I decided to to make it as a solo album solo project apart from the band with different people only the bass player rally is part of the of the crew of the of the band because he helped me a lot to to write the songs and to compose the arrangements and everything. So he's part of this too. And I have some special guests also on the on the CD. And you can get it online. You can find it in uh, iTunes, Amazon, um, Spotify, or you can order a physical copy by writing to to my Facebook or Instagram page. Cool. And I will help. Uh, happy to send you one
0: cool and the album again it's uh you know we're not hearing distorted guitars we're hearing a, a different to me the songwriting seems different too i mean when you when you approach writing these songs is it a different mindset uh, it, that you approach these songs with or or not like how how did the songwriting process work for this album
1: Well, I think that it's the other side of the same coin. I mean, it's still me. But uh, really, when I when I think in that uh, acoustic style, it's really different. It's more intimate, more closer to my heart, to my inner thoughts. And in the past years, I was thinking of some deeper themes like uh, uh, why are we here, what is going to be in the future, uh, in the past, uh, thinking about life, about death, about love, about everything that um, that concerns me. And I wanted to be. Even more uh, closer to my inner thoughts in that in that album, and um, I think I, I hope that I did it. I mean I'm happy that even the fans of our of of our band are happy with that record because it's really different from from um, what we do with the band and I was afraid that maybe they won't accept it because it's another side of me. Right. But they're all happy and uh, I was so thrilled so so uh, happy to see all these people coming up coming up on the promo concert last year and um, we did a small tour uh, between the lockdowns and uh, i'm happy that the album is really well accepted so i think that when a person is really sincere and really honest with the with the audience it's it's okay i mean the message is sent
0: right on right on and alexandra zirner is involved with the record can you talk about her involvement
1: yeah, well, she's an amazing talent. I mean, she can do metal, she can do rock, she can do acoustic country, everything she wants. And I was sure that I want to involve her in that album because I know her passion to acoustic music. And when she sent me the the music of Tomorrow, because the the title song is uh, based on her arrangement, her music, I was like, oh my God, this is the song. And I remember recording the the vocals at... 9am in the morning. I didn't even drink my coffee. I mean, I was so excited and I started to write the lyrics and everything. And she really helped me with the the music, with the arrangements. Also the track, The Gift is uh, her work. So we are really a good team together. She she, uh, helped also to our last album, Follow Me, which we released with the band. So yeah, I'm. I'm thankful that I could
0: uh, work with her. Absolutely, and you mentioned the title track tomorrow, which is a great tune. But let's jump around to some of the other tracks. I, I love the the Prince, and I, I there's some instrumentation going on in there that I find very very interesting. Is that like a man? Uh, what do you call it? mandolin or like a, maybe yeah. a twelve string? It's what an, is
1: it? It's mandolin. Yes, exactly. You're right. Good ear.
0: <laughs> yeah. Who's playing that?
1: Uh, Alexandra, of course. Uh, I had a hunch with that yeah and it's a it's an old song by the way it's from the beginning of my songwriting attempts when I was younger and I always wanted to do that song but I never found a place for it in the um, Savvy tracks track lists you know like a band so now when I started to write this album I was sure that this song is going to be part of it so uh, thanks to Alexandra it um, became what it is now as an arrangement and yeah, it's um, a romantic track. It uh, talks about dreams that we all have, and I am sure that any one of us uh, dreamed about the magical prince or princess that will come and save him so it's that kind of track i love it
0: yeah me too great stuff and you know it's interesting about the record because i could see your harder fans your heavy metal fans liking this album just because there is a at times there's a darkness to it but there's also a hopefulness to it but i could also see people outside of that fan base like almost i mean Almost, you mentioned the word "country" when you were talking about Alexandra's influences. I could see this like catching on some of these songs, even kind of crossing over to like that country world, or or we call it like alt country here in the states. You know, kind of the the other side of country that's not so you know commercial and and pop. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I agree. There's there is a mixture of styles in this album. First of all, because it's really the songs are from different periods of my life, maybe. And because, second of all, because I've never put boundaries on my on my thoughts. I mean, I do what I feel. Uh, for example, the song Give Me Love, it's really a mixture of country and gospel or whatever. I mean, it's, it's really different from the other tracks. And when you hear I Need You, this track is more closer to the metal fans and the rock fans and they really like it. So yeah I, I try to be to be honest and to do well not concerning about uh, you know, taking from this style and from other styles. I, I just wanted to to do this, to do what I feel is right to to present to my fans at that moment.
0: Right on. You mentioned I Need You, which is also another great track on the record. Uh, did want to just kind of touch upon a few other tracks. Give Me Love, another one that I'm really digging. And that sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, because some samples and stuff nowadays have have gotten really close to sounding real. But it sounds like there's real strings on that, like uh, viola or violin or something. Is that the case?
2: Uh, yeah,
1: well, it's not real viola. It's something I wrote with the help of some um, uh, instruments, uh, VST instruments. Oh, okay. And I, I'm happy that it sounds real because <laughs> yeah, I, really, I really wanted to hear that viola in that song. And I remember one afternoon when I was at home with the piano and I said... I want to hear viola here, so I spent a couple of hours to to clear the melody to hear it right the way I hear it in my head. So I'm I'm happy that I did it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Cold Stone Soul is another one that really caught me. I love these lyrics. What what is that one lyric? It says somewhere between ego and hate, let lie the fate. Is that right? Am I getting those you lost, words? You
1: lost the fate. You lost the fate. Yeah. Well. This is the song that made the beginning of this album. I mean, it all started with this track. The idea to make this album started with this particular track. I was thinking about the people who uh, lose their friends or lose their love or their dreams because of their ego, you know. And uh, there, there are some parts of our lives when we can... A slip over and turn into another corner and begin um, uh, to to hate and to to be um, uh, I, I can find a word to be to be a victim of our ego you know right and I think that in these moments uh, you lose everything that is um, uh, important in your life hmm. so I wanted to to speak to these people and to tell them stop doing that
0: Savi, you're cutting out there.
1: Do you hear me? You oh. hear
0: me? Yeah, you cut out for a minute. Um,
1: Sorry. Hmm. Yeah, I, I was talking about the people who are victims of their their ego and uh, the hatred. So I wanted to speak to these people and tell them that there is still hope for them if they can reach to their heart, to their the bottom of their heart, and see the important things in life. Uh, there is love and um, to be to be together to help each other. So uh, this song is really important to me. And uh yeah, like I said, it, it uh, did If that did, This was the beginning of the album.
0: Right on. And exactly. I think that's an important message is something we talk about here a lot is is trying to do things to ev- even help oneself. And I think that, that that we can get lost in negative thought and exactly. hatred and and revenge and all, all those types of things. And it ends up, you know, that the hate you, you are spewing outward actually starts to bring you down inside your soul. And I I think that the, the message of the song for me, you know, and and the title says it right there, cold stone soul (laughs) is it's an important message. And, and, and it's, it's hard because listen, we all have negative feelings and I think, but it's, it's, recognizing those feelings within yourself right
1: of course but we have to we have to keep the soul alive so thank you for saying it's so good my english is really poor and i can say it better you, you nailed it so yeah. thank you
0: thank well, you you bet yeah. and i i encourage everyone to go listen to the song because when you hear the song you'll the message is loud and clear again we're talking about the song Cold Stone Soul. It is off the album Tomorrow, which is an acoustic album. And some of the songs, you know, are just real bare bones with the guitar and your voice. Other songs have some other instrumentation and even even some drums on them. So it's definitely uh, a little bit diverse as far as the musical sound goes. But again, it's not that in your face metal sound that you get with, with yeah. the band Savy. Um, one other song before we start to kind of wrap it up here that I really dug jaded. Can you tell us who is on that song with you?
1: Well, I love that song. Maybe that's my favorite. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I I remember clearly uh, the moment that it was born. It was 3 a.m. and I was listening to some ideas on the laptop. And this melody was just there, the, the start, the intro of the song. Maybe Raleigh was uh, trying some melodies recorded on his phone or something. And when I heard the, the, the intro... The word just came in, and I was like, Oh my God, Raleigh, take the guitar. This is the song. We have to record it now. And he was what, now it's 3am? Is, everybody is sleeping <laughs> in the building. And right. I was like, no, no, we are recording it now. And um, I really love that song. And when I record the demo, I sent it to my friend, Johnny Joely. um uh, We were working with him on a duet song called uh, Song of Hope, uh, which we did uh, during the, the first lockdown. Right. And I was so excited about this Jaded song that I just sent him the demo and said tell me what you think I'm I'm so happy about this track and uh, then he returned the demo saying I just love that track, and please don't hate me, but I recorded some backing vocals on it. <laughs>
0: right on. And he sounds great. Yeah, the backing so, vocals sound great.
1: So, yeah, and it was like that, and his voice, of course, can be heard on the track, and now I'm working on another version with drums and everything and with his voice louder, because he has to be louder. I'm, oh my God, his voice is amazing. And I'm thinking to to re, to release this song as a second single, from the album. So maybe, uh, on May or June. So stay tuned for, for this song because it's going to be a single.
0: Awesome. Awesome stuff. And so many great songs did want to give a shout out to the song, uh, from dusk till dawn, which I also really, another one of my favorites on the record. So again, the Thank album is tomorrow. It is out now. How long has it been out? Savy?
1: Well, uh, it was released on November 15th, so so it's not so much. Pretty
0: new still. Yeah, good stuff. And we are going to have the links up to uh, Apple Music where you can listen to it and Spotify and you can purchase a copy. As you mentioned, the best way to do that is to directly reach out to you.
1: Yeah, sure. Of course. And also stay tuned for the fourth album of Savvy, the band. We're working on it, so maybe this year uh, we'll, we're going to release it. And we just filmed a new video for the second single of the album, so stay tuned for more heavy metal from us.
0: Absolutely. I was, that was one of my questions I wanted to ask you, so that's that's cool. Another album on the way from the full band, Savvy. And just back to the acoustic record, which again is called Tomorrow, if you, you, you need to search your real name, right? When if, like I know I do use Apple Music and I, I, when I searched Savy, I didn't see it right away. But when I searched your full real name, it came yeah, up. Can problem. you tell us your, your full real name? Because I don't want to try to pronounce it because I know I'm going to mess it up.
1: Okay. okay, it's Svetlana Bliznakova Sevi. Right but on. you can find me also through the band or in Google. Just or reach out for Sevi tomorrow. It it should appear. Or on YouTube, you can find all the links to this uh, social media or to to iTunes or Spotify. You can find all the links under the video of tomorrow, which is uh, on YouTube.
0: Right on. Very good. Cool. And we will have those links up in today's show notes two guys. So you can get them there on talkingmetal.com or markstriegel.net. So definitely check those out. And before we let you go, I just want to check in on how things are in Bulgaria, where you are, because, you know, obviously in different parts of the world, there's been different reactions to what we're experiencing as a global community, which is this COVID-19, um, Thing, and some places are locked down like my kids here still aren't back in school, you know, and but yet we're seeing numbers really go down quite a bit here in the New York City area, which is encouraging. How are things in your part of the world? Are, are people staying safe? Are numbers getting better? Where do things stand with Bulgaria and COVID-19?
1: Well, I think that uh, numbers are getting better here, too. And from Monday, they're opening the restaurants and the bars one by one. So the situation is looking better. And I hope we'll be able to work soon and to have some festivals this summer. We had uh, that lockdown in the past two months. The last show I did was on November 15th to my promo of tomorrow. And a couple of gigs after. And then they closed on uh, December 1st or something. I don't remember. And we're still closed until Monday. So, yeah, it's getting better. So I think that I hope that this COVID thing will go out soon and that we are all going to have a better tomorrow. So let's be hopeful and let's hope for the best.
0: Right on. That is well said. And just curious, have you ever toured the... The States, the United States of America, have you ever gotten over here to um, play music?
1: Unfortunately, no. We, we played mostly in um, Europe, in Italy, Germany, Switzerland. We have a tour with Johnny Jewel and Hardline this October. I hope it can be released and realized. And uh, yeah, we're hoping to, to come to the States too, because uh, it's it's an old dream. So fingers crossed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I do think you guys would, you know, really uh, get a good audience over here. And I I believe that there would be fans for for what you're doing acoustically and and with the the full band Savy. So we will continue to spread the word. Of course, we're heard throughout the world, but we do have a, a good majority of our listeners here in the United States and Canada and also a good good contingent over in the the united kingdom and and scotland and ireland so i hope we can turn on some new listeners to what you're up to we will have the links up in today's show notes and thank you for your time today
1: thank you and thank you for the support and thanks to all the fans from the united states who are supporting us so hope to see you soon guys thanks again for the support
0: All right, guys, that was Savy. We'll have more info up in the show notes on talkingmetal.com and in your podcasting apps as to everything Savy is up to. We're in just a few minutes going to get into the Paul Stanley interview. And I did want to give a big shout out to Ian McCurdy, who was instrumental in helping me set that up. Thank you, Ian. Hope to see you soon. M3 has been pushed back. We hang out at M3 every year. So I don't know. We need our concerts back badly, don't we, Ian? Ian is in tight with a cool company called Meat Hook, and I wanted to tell you about them. Have you heard of them, by the way, the Meat Hook platform? That's M-E-E-T, Hook. They've been helping artists and musicians create new income streams since 2016. It's really cool. Not only are they doing all sorts of live virtual events like the Kissmas Masquerade Ball or the Nelson Brothers birthday show... But you can also book artists like Bruce Kulick, Jerry Gaskill, Carmine Peace, Kenny Arnoff, and a ton of others for video calls. They make some money and you get to chat with them. So, yeah, I mean, it's a really good way to support these artists. And we know a lot of these guys are not making the money they used to because of COVID. So it's a great way to support. And listen, you get to hang out with one of your idols. Awesome. Some people use Meathook to take lessons and some are just fans looking to connect with someone who played on their favorite record or get advice from someone they admire who's been there and back. Go to Meathook.com, that's M-E-E-T-H-O-O-K, to see what they're up to and to book a session or get a ticket to one of their unique artist-to-fan online events. That's Meathook.com or you can download the iPhone or Android app. Alright, here we go Best-selling author A guy who sold hundreds of millions of records And a guy I've been a fan of For well over 40 years (laughs) I can't believe it Paul Stanley Wow Dreams come true, guys I gotta tell you that much I've been wanting to interview him for years Here we go Hey, it's Mark Striegel, and what an honor to talk to rock and roll hall of famer Paul Stanley, who has some great new music out. Paul, how are you?
3: I'm doing terrifically. Uh, You know, in the midst of this pandemic and, and all the situations going on, I'm doing quite well. Thanks.
0: That is so good to hear. And another thing that is so good to hear is the new album by Soul Station, Now and Then, uh, great stuff. I mean, it's what we need right now, what I need, because it takes me away to a different place, maybe even a different point in time. Uh, it's an escape. And I want to talk about some of the individual songs and even the production on the record. But first, if you could give us a little background on soul
3: station and why now,
0: why now is the time to move ahead with a, an album?
3: Well, uh, I grew up with all kinds of music and, uh, when I was, I think, about 10 years old, I saw Solomon Burke. Uh, when I was 15, I saw Otis Redding. Um, I've always been a huge fan of uh, any music that falls into the category of R&B. And in that category, are so many different um, regional sounds. But um, uh, it's always been amazing to me when Motown came in, uh, Smokey and the Miracles. I, I remember first hearing that. And it was elegant and not perfect, and that's right. the beauty of some of this music: is that you don't um, you don't strive for perfection at the expense of passion. So that music always was a, a part of uh, my life, and and uh, certainly I, I've journeyed through uh, all different types, and uh, they've all been influences and all been part of the foundation. So probably about six years ago. I thought, you know, some of the music I love, whether it's Philly Soul or uh, Motown or Memphis Stacks or some of the Atlantic acts and on and on and on, um, their songs are being relegated to being samples in rap tunes. And right. that's fine. But people should hear these songs. They're just fabulous songs. So selfishly, um, I started reaching out to people. Uh, with great, great backgrounds and, and soul station came together and uh, uh, we've done shows, we did uh, 12 shows in Japan in six days and uh, have played, you know, numerous other shows. And now was a great time for us to finally get to the studio. Um, The band is phenomenal and has uh, incredible pedigrees. But the fact is that everybody in the band loves playing this music and uh it's it's really um i think it really comes across whether on the album or if you see the band live or the videos everybody's having a ball yeah and
0: there are some original songs on it but i first want to talk about the classics that you cover because one thing i did is i listened to your versions which were just the production was rich and warm this lush beautiful production and then i went back and i listened to the originals and the one thing that really struck me is You somehow simultaneously updated the production, but yet stayed real true to the original stuff like detail, like the snare drum. You got that snare drum down the way they had it on the old Smokey Robinson, the Miracle Records, and and yet in the strings. So can you talk about the balance in the production of it? Because, again, there is an updated sound to it, but you also stay true to the classic Motown production.
3: Well, it's interesting in that um, what we were trying to do was um, recreate or reproduce what we remembered. We didn't AB things, in other words, play this okay. and then. Um, so we were going for truth and going for a real honest sound. But technology has come, you know, light years since those songs came out. And um, to negate that would be nuts. And although we didn't try to uh, employ uh, any of technology, so to speak, the fact is that um, if you listen to some of those old recordings, fidelically, and sonically, they don't hold up that well. Um, So I, I think that the Soul Station album and the songs just sound honest, and they sound um, vibrant and live. Um, but we we weren't we weren't trying to replicate. And um, as far as the singing, look, I, I'm I am not um, Eddie Kendricks. I'm not uh, Levi Stubbs. I'm s- not Smokey Robinson, but that's not what this is about. It wasn't about doing impersonations. It was about capturing the, the intent and capturing the um, passion behind those vocals. So um, was I shackled to note for note? No, but I wanted to stay true to it. And yet at the same time, not be in a position where um, it may not be always recognizable as what people know my singing to be, but it's also not where you're going to hear it and think it's, you know, the original, original track. It, it somehow balances. And that is the beauty of it, I think, is that it balances now and then.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, you said real. And to me, that's what this has. It has real musicians. It has, I see you guys in a real studio. So much now we see people just recording on their laptop. That is not what, I mean, I saw sheet music on stands in, in the recording of this, which is just refreshing. And you hear that. You hear how the real live sound. And we're talking again, Soul Station, the new album is now and then. Um, just some some great songs, and I have to tell you that there, there's some. I didn't originally realize that there are originals on this record. So I was actually Google. I was like, I don't know this song, but it's a classic Motown. I'm Googling it, and finally I went back and read the press release. I was like, oh, this is an original song, which is is really uh, says a lot to the songs because like I do uh, to me that sounds like it's a lost track from like 1970
3: or something on Motown. Do you talk about the original songs? Yeah. Um, I'm so pleased because so many people either say, God, it's, it's seamless between the old and the new, but more often than that, they go, who originally did Lorelei? Or, yeah. you know, I don't remember that track. Who did that? So Mission Accomplished. Um I didn't, you know, I didn't want to, again, I wasn't painting by numbers and I wasn't, um, trying to, um, imitate something. I was immersed in it. Um, I was immersed in the band, being in the studio, doing shows, hanging out. I mean, this is a band of every nationality, every ethnicity, every, um, background musically. And we all are like this family just championing this music, and we love hanging out. So um, initially, I I thought, well, let me write one track for the album. Um, So it's not purely uh, all the classics. And um, I wrote Save Me and uh, did the charts, did the horns, did the strings, and um, came out really, really well. And I went, I think I, I think I, I've got another. And I just kept going. And after five songs, I said, that's it. You know, we've got an album with 14 songs on it. And um, um, it, it, it represents beautifully, I think, the roots of this music. And it also shows that the music is timeless because the new tracks are just as, as powerful today as they would have been at that time. So um, I do, um, whenever you're ready, um, um, IOI is, you know, I love all these tracks and uh, uh, whether you're watching the video or seeing the band live, there's uh, an undeniable chemistry and uh, joy in what we do. Can you talk about some of the musicians, specifically
0: the vocalists that are working with you on this? There's I know at the uh there's just some it's you're on lead for the most part, but you also let some of the other singers shine. I know at the end of uh, the spinner song, could it be I'm falling I'm in love at that that last 30 seconds, there's another voice that comes in. I walk around with my heart in my hands. Yeah. And
3: thought, who, um, who is that? That's Gavin Roan. And Gavin's been wow, around. He's great. Uh, yeah, he's been around. He's actually, when he's not in Soul Station, he's uh, the, the lead singer now in the Gap Band when, when the Gap Band goes out. And cool. um, Gavin is just super. Um, Crystal Starr, who does a duet with me. Crystal, um, I think of her like the mama um, only in terms of she gets everybody together, gets the harmonies worked out. And Crystal's DNA is awesome because her dad was a backup singer for Jackie Wilson. So oh, she's wow. got the she's got the DNA and he comes to all the shows. And, uh, he just goes, Hey, this, this sounds just like, like, you know, the originals. So, and Loren Beato is, uh, uh, our other vocalist. Fabulous. Um, um, great pedigree again. And, for me, um, this isn't like me with backup singers. I make it real clear to everybody, this is our band. And yeah. when we play live, they're used to kind of doing oohs and ahs in the background of somebody and kind of being uh, uh, wallpaper. Right. With us, it's like, no, 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 no. Come on out here and kick some ass. So yeah. uh, they, they get their due, as does everybody else. Sean Hurley, our bass player is uh i mean there's james jamerson and uh duck dunn just popping out of him and uh he was on the road with john mayer um our musical director alex alessandroni uh was musical director for whitney houston and natalie cole and uh uh share and and pink and christine aguilera um our drummer has uh Uh, a long, uh, illustrious history, and has been in KISS for the last 25 years or so, but he's in the band because he grew up playing big band music with his dad, and uh, he's a really, really well-schooled and a terrific musician. You couldn't take a hard rock drummer and throw them into this situation. It just wouldn't work. Um, I listened to the whole record,
0: not realizing that Eric was playing drums on it. And then when I watched the video, I was like, "Oh my god, that's Eric!" I mean, because it, it, it' totally different sound than what we know from Eric with Kiss, you know?
3: Yeah. So, um, um, everybody's at their A game. Um, Rafael Moreira, Hafa, we call him. Um, he's a guitar player, and he played uh, on TV uh, on, that rock star in excess he was part of the okay. house band on that, and uh he toured with um pink and uh, a bunch of others and he's just a a phenomenal musician and was in my solo band that went out uh, about six years ago eight years okay. ago probably um and then the list goes on and i'm i'm leaving people out john papenbrook our our lead trumpet player Played with Sinatra and played yeah. with Buddy Rich, wow. so uh, yeah, we, we everybody Ray Islas, our percussionist, um, he's just the go-to percussionist uh, uh, for recording, and and also was just out on tour with Chicago, did uh, uh, as their percussionist. So it's it's a fabulous band, and I'm leaving some people out, and and uh, they'll be angry, but.
0: <laughs> right yeah and just an incredible sound we're talking about soul station uh the new record again is now and then the the, the only record at this point uh you mentioned touring do you, do you think we'll get to see you guys later this year i know you're probably busy with kiss and you know who knows what's going on with covid but we'd love to see soul station out in the road again
3: i'm optimistic because um um i think the idea of big bands going out and doing arenas or stadiums i think we we've got a long way to go before that happens um okay I guess we'll pick up the um the uh, end of the road tour as soon as we can but um that's that's on going to be on hold a lot of bands or a lot of people can be putting tickets on sale for concerts but most of them are going to wind up postponing again cuz you know it's just it's not safe and promoters can't get insurance, so there's so many reasons why uh, that's not going to happen. However, the idea of Soul Station doing smaller shows, I think, is much more um, possible. So uh, wow. during that time, could we be out there playing? Fingers crossed, man. I want to I go.
0: Yeah, and as a fan of your songwriting through the years, um, I mean, we always think, oh well, Paul, he's influenced by Zeppelin and the Who, and loud rock but i I really think even in songs like you know come on and love me and tonight you belong to me hide your heart shout it out loud even you know of course rock and roll all night hard luck woman we hear these motown and soul influences in those
3: songs Uh, would you agree with that totally um um some much less obvious than others but uh it it would it's unavoidable because it's part of the music. That I love and part of the music I grew up listening to, um, the the easiest reference point would be shouted out loud because when the night's begun and you want some fun, do you think you're gonna find? Think you're gonna find it? That's the yeah. Four Tops. You yeah. know that's that's <laughs> yeah. all that is. You know wow. it's the the vocal and the backgrounds answering it. So, um, um, there's songs that I've written that really could have been spinner songs but we didn't do that arrangement um right so yeah um my roots are showing absolutely so many great songs on this i
0: you know it was really i don't know it gave me the chills the uh ooh child song that was originally done by the five stair steps <laughs> uh, such hopeful lyrics uh again and that just what we need during this uh this time specifically that song do you remember hearing that song for the first time any memories of that song from when you were younger
3: yeah it felt very street um yeah even though there were horns on it um it felt stripped down it didn't um it didn't feel like a big uh, string section horn section there was something much more street level about it and um um i think that's that part of the initial appeal of it um and over time i think just just the idea of that optimism that things are going to get easier and things are going to get better and one day we're going to walk in the rays of a beautiful sun um even before the pandemic started when we were doing shows live that's a song that you know i would say to everybody you know this this is a great song about optimism and, and about a better future. So I think that that's timeless.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I know this album has just come out, but is there more potentially more soul station albums down the road? Or is this just a one-off in your mind?
3: I, I, I really don't see it as a one-off. Um, right. I'm having too much fun.
0: And, yeah,
3: can hear that. Uh, the response has been really a bonus look to me mission was accomplished by putting the band together mission was accomplished by doing an album but the fact that it's been embraced and met with the kind of response it has is is just um it's uh affirm affirming it it gives affirmation and uh um i i don't see it as a, a one-off it 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 would feel uh like um i threw something through a gift away it's much yeah. too nice a gift to to get rid of yeah it
0: is a, a great great listen guys now and then by soul station we are talking with rock and roll hall of famer paul stanley uh paul before i let you go i love these shoes man uh any any plans for more
3: uh more pumas everything's on hold at the moment um i think uh companies are are all in in a state of um flux turmoil trying to figure out where they go next and uh um i will make sure that uh, one way or another there are there are shoes for everybody
0: <laughs> yeah I, I love them the the Paul Stanley uh signature pumas Highly recommended, and I think they sold out pretty quick. So I'm not even sure you can
3: get them anymore. Yeah, they, they, I I think I saw them on eBay for quite a quite a uh, a high number, a handsome number. Right on, cool. And thank you for the
0: Dubai concert. We loved we loved that. And again, in this strange year, that was definitely a a fun way for my wife and I to uh, end it in bed with with you guys rocking out and. Uh, I thought one of the most important things you said during that concert was the vaccine only works if you get vaccinated. So let's, let's hope everyone goes out there when they have access to it and get vaccinated so we can all rock again. Amen. Cool. Thank you, Mr. Paul Stanley, ladies and gentlemen. We really appreciate your time. that does it guys please support us on Patreon if we get to 100 supporters we will do a weekly video show and that's just $2 a month someone out there can afford $2 a month seriously seriously it's a cup of coffee each day give me a break I need the support we really need to move this thing forward and listen I'm getting you some good guests lately right I think think we're doing a good job if you think so Join me on Patreon for $2 a month to support what I do. $5 a month, will get you a Talking Metal t-shirt. They're high-quality shirts. So, yeah, check us out on Patreon, all right? Those uh, links are up in the show notes. And as I mentioned, the Amazon links are dead, so do not use those anymore. i got to actually get them removed from the site. All right, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Every Tuesday, it's a new episode of Talking Metal.